This is HR in Review, a podcast dedicated to HR thought leadership, actionable advice, and all the latest developments in human resource management. Hi, and welcome back to another episode of HR in Review. I'm Amelia Brand, your host for today, and this time we're discussing the great resignation, exploring exactly why people are quitting their jobs and what employers and organisations should be doing to retain top talent during this turbulent time. My first guest is Lena Thompson, who's the director of Driving Miss Daisy Woking and also a life purpose and human design coach. I had the pleasure of talking to her about the concept of purpose within the workplace, exploring how that concept is closely tied to conversations surrounding the Great Resignation. My second guest is Dr. Martina Olbert, founder and CEO of Meaning Global, a global business imagination consultancy, which helps clients imagine and invent new meaningful features that serve our complete humanity and the planet. Here we discuss the ways in which diversity issues are impacting the ongoing Great Resignation, as well as the long lasting impacts of this movement. Hi, Lena. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's really great to have you on. Hi, Amelia. Thank you so much for reaching out. I'm very happy to be here with you today. Great. So would you like to start by telling our listeners a little bit about yourself and what aspects of HR you're interested in? Sure. So I I come from a strong corporate background. I've spent over 15 years um, in a corporate arena where I consulted to major organizations like Microsoft, CBRE, Bank of QA, it's literally all over the world. But no matter really how successful my career got, I didn't really know who I was and I felt very unfulfilled in my life. So eventually it's kind of the whole journey was for me to leave my career and to discover who I am and really to find more meaning and fulfillment with what I wanted to do with the rest of my life. The aspect of HR I'm particularly interested in is self-development, employee self-development, because having been on this journey and having been in a corporate world for so long, I truly Mm -hmm. believe that when people know who they are, they will perform better, they will engage better, they will become more committed to doing what they love And there will also be a lot less conflict in organizations, which means that the leaders actually will have an opportunity to lead rather than manage and get Mm. involved in conflicts and and dramas. Great. So the main topic for today is obviously the Great Resignation. Um, So what do you take, if anything, to be great about the Great Resignation? And also, I guess, on the flip side of that, what do you take to be some of the main issues that organizations have faced throughout this movement? Yeah, so I mean, you know, I think in any challenging situation, there is a lesson that we must all learn. And for me personally, the great thing about this situation is that it forced leaders in the industry to come to come together and really start asking different questions, you know, mm. and to to look for different solutions, perhaps even realizing that if you always do what you've always done, you will always get what you always got. Mm. And that's been, you know, happening maybe not on such a high scale, but unless some drastic changes happen, people are just, even more people are going to leave and the companies will lose their great talents. So what I think happened is that it really opened up, um, opened up their minds to new ways of leading and recognizing that in order for organizations to be really successful and to thrive, they have got to adapt to this new world, a world where each person is recognized for their unique talents, a world where I would say purpose is actually more powerful than profit and power, and also where vulnerability is not seen as a weakness, but rather as an essential quality of a great leader. 
Great. Well, as you just mentioned there, I'm, I'm quite aware that you focus a bit on the on the concept of purpose within the workplace. Mm. So w- what do you mean by this? And, and what does purpose and the great resignation have to do with each other? Sure. So what I think, you know, this pandemic gave us the last few years is to drastically shift the way that we view and we feel about our work, right? Because we mm. finally had an opportunity to slow down and really evaluate what matters to us most and also whether we're on the right path. And I mean, that was my journey, you know, when I quit my successful six-figure career with no plan, really, mm-hmm. just to go out into the world and like, right, show me the way, what am I meant to do? And I think it's happening on a larger scale because I work a lot or I see around me also people who just like, who am I? What am I meant mm. to do? And previously, we just never had the support. And that's enable us to pause. So people now have higher standards than ever that, that come, you know, when it comes to employment, because for many, the paycheck is just not enough. They look for work that is more meaningful, more fulfilling. And if they don't find it actually within their job, within the companies, they will leave. So I believe that organizations actually must make sure that their purpose is aligned with the values of their employees. And for that communication, and authenticity is very important. Mm. So kind of leading on from that then, what what exactly do you think people are looking for? And, you know, what do you think people want out of work today as we, you know, approach this, this new normal, I guess? Yeah, so, I mean, as you said, it's basically leading on to that, you know, the one meaning, fulfillment, and yeah. also an environment, I think, where they recognize for their strengths and for their talents and where they do the jobs that they feel inspired And I guess energized by what they do, right? So, you know, for companies, it's really more than ever important to engage the employees in order to guarantee um, success of the business and also in the future. McKinsey actually did a survey and they said that the reasons, the top reasons why people left the jobs was due to uncaring leaders, which came up at 35%. Unsustainable work performance and expectation, lack of career developments, lack of meaningful work, and lack of um, support mm. for health and well-being. So those were the core reasons. Well, yeah, kind of. I guess also leading on from this, I, I read a, a very interesting interesting article of yours titled Three Tips on How to Make Powerful Decisions to Avoid Mental Burnout and Overwhelm." Uh, and here you spoke about the importance of taking pauses every so often within your daily schedule, and and also the importance of intentionally setting your day up with with clarity to optimize your decision making capabilities so you know why do you think people are so burnt out like why do we even have to talk about this and 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 do you think also this this is contributing towards the great resignation yeah you know there's so many ways i can approach that i mean i mean Mm. i can actually talk about the burnout and the decision making literally like for three days nonstop. (laughs) (laughs) i know we don't have time but what i actually think is that People don't get burnt out because they work too hard. Because, I mean, I'm sure you've also been in a situation where you can put so many hours in, but you, like, got on the flow and you almost, like, lose track of time, yeah. right? We've all been in this situation, so we know that that's not completely true. But what happens is that often we do tasks which are not aligned with our strength, tasks that drain us, tasks that we only said yes because we felt pressured mm. to say yes to because we're trying to prove ourselves because we're trying to show how valuable we are, because we're actually uh, committing to something and it takes so much energy to be who we are not. So we're compromising our integrity. So it's really more being out of integrity with ourselves 
that's what causes the burnout. And that takes a great leader, a great manager to actually notice what's happening. And instead of actually piling people with things to do, actually telling them to step back and really to understand what is it that they love about the work? Because I can guarantee you that if one person doesn't love what they do, um, somebody else will. You know what I mean? We're so unique. So like for me personally, like if I was giving in my previous career, I was a business architect and I love designing workflows, like automating processes. And I could literally sit into the night, work through the night, come up with solutions, and that would not drain me. But give me like documentation to write. It will take me a whole day to write two pages and <laughs> yeah. I would be drained completely, <laughs> right? But I wasn't aware of it. So I would just do it because I was told to do it rather than like, hang on a second. I hate doing it. It drains me. Maybe a person next to me would love to do that. So why don't they do it? And I will mm. do maybe something different, something I'm naturally good at. Mm. Yeah, it's super interesting what, you, what you're saying there. I guess it all kind of boils down to alignment, right? And, and, and aligning what you're doing really with your strengths, as you said. Totally. Um, so I guess my last question then concerns more so how we move forward with all of this. And I'd, I'd really love to explore how you think companies can engage and retain their staff. And, you know, I guess on top of that, what do you think needs to change within organizations? Yeah, so also it's another really big topic. I recently did like an hour long webinar, but I think that the essential three topics the companies have got to focus on is to align their purpose with the values of the employees. Mm. Uh, Another big thing is to understand the the people's strengths and also how to leverage them because a lot of us still focus on our weaknesses and we try to build on our weaknesses and we're not really aware of our own strengths either because they are so natural to us or because we've suppressed them because somebody told us we're not good enough and it's the job of a leader to actually recognize this potential the strength within people and leverage them and then align the tasks to the strengths of the people Mm. and then the third one I believe is that Develop people not only through professional development, but most importantly, through personal development. And actually, there's a great quote, I always quote it when, you know, when we speak on that subject, (laughs) and it was Henry Ford. He said, the only thing worse than training your employees and having them leave is not training them and having them stay. So a quick question we like to ask all of our guests in our podcast to, to round up the whole thing is, what is the single biggest change you think will happen in HR over the next five to 10 years? Well, I mean, I can't predict that, but my wish <laughs> is um, the biggest change really, in my view, should become where the personal development becomes the main goal of any organizations, where mm. people become aware of the strength, the weaknesses of their creative power and who they are in their sovereignty, taking responsibility for their own actions and also their own behaviors. because. Everything in our life is a reflection of who we are and leaders are a reflection of organization and people are a reflection of the leaders. So, you know, companies and HR who are responsible, I guess, for developing the staff, if they encourage their people to become the change that they want to see around them, Mm -hmm. that's when their true and long-lasting success will, will be inevitable. Great. Well, thank you so much for coming on today. It's been super interesting to talk to you. You're most welcome. Thank you so much for having me. Why not subscribe to the premium version of HR in Review? You'll get ad-free content, early and extra episodes and more. Even better, although it's the premium edition, it's absolutely free. Sign up at hrreview.co.uk slash podcast. Hi, Martina. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's a pleasure to have you on. (laughs) Thank you, Amelia, for having me. It's really nice to talk to you. 
Cool. So firstly, would you like to tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and how your consulting practice, Meaning.Global, relates to HR? Mm -hmm. Of course. I founded my own consultancy, Meaning Global, five years ago to focus on the role and value of meaning in in business and branding. Uh, And even though I was specifically focused on marketing and brands, brand building strategy, at the very beginning, especially now with what's happening with COVID, and sort of rethinking of society, culture, how people behave, what they want. I am now realizing that meaning has a much bigger value in business. And I'm sort of opening up the proposition and starting to consult, not just with CEOs and CMOs and um, innovation officers who want to you know, reimagine the future of their brands or businesses and see new possibilities, but also increasingly I'm interested in um, diversity and inclusion, employee engagement, internal communication, and and things like that, which obviously fall directly under the umbrella of HR. Great, great. Thank you. Um, in your most recent post on LinkedIn that was picked up by LinkedIn News team and featured in Career Ambition Gets a Makeover, you said that the great resignation is actually a great awakening. Why do you say that and, and what does it mean? Yes, um, so this is this is exactly the idea that um, I have been playing with in my head since COVID started. Mm. So for about the last two and a half years, and I've seen people increasingly awaken to their own sense of self and their own you know, authentic needs and what they actually want and desire out of their life that isn't really being told to them by you know mainstream media or or marketing of brands and uh and i've seen a significant shift in in what we actually aspire to in our own lives that isn't really brand aspiration it's a human Mm. aspiration and it's really connected to our own you know human well-being and how do we really want to live our own lives uh that really doesn't fall into the agenda of you know, going to work on autopilot mm. and consuming every day and not really thinking about the larger scheme of our lives. Yeah. So when I when I saw the um, the article in Guardian uh, had the title A Bigger Paycheck, I'd rather watch the sunset. Is this the end of ambition? I thought, well, this is an interesting <laughs> hook. Let me tell the story. Right. So, yeah, yeah. no, this is not the end of ambition. This actually means the end of sacrificing our own lives for the cultural hypnosis of success, at least how be, how he, we have been told that success looks like in the Western world. And it's also um, awakening to the fact that success is not uh, without, it's within. It's not how other people see us and, you know, perceive our own sort of economic value in society and equated with our social value. So mm. how much we earn does not equate to who we are as human beings and how valuable we are. Right. Mm. Businesses are all about value creation, but maybe we need to moving forward rethink what kind of value we actually create and how we engage our own employees to to create value with others. And it's sort of like a massive unraveling and unpacking of our own humanity in business right now. Yeah, yeah, totally. I think like the whole dynamic between a work life balance has really has really changed. Um, But, you know, kind of as a follow up to that, then. Um, I'd love to explore what you mentioned about, you know, these people's new preferences, behaviours and values. Um, so in that sense, you know, do you, do you think that the great resignation will have, you know, lasting impacts on the work culture as we move forward? 
Um, I think so, but not in a way, so in, in a different way than mm. we probably think right now. So I, I can imagine that CEOs and um, business leaders and HR managers are sort of freaked out right now, <laughs> right? Like what is happening? Where are all those people who are usually coming through our doors? Uh, where is all that talent that we need to hire and no one wants to do anything because everyone wants to watch the sunset, right? Or, <laughs> yeah. or like looks for alternative modes of creating their own um, revenue streams through YouTube or everybody wants to be YouTuber or influencer <laughs> or like start doing their own things or like selling crypto or like there are so many new opportunities how you can actually like be fully self-sufficient human in society and not work for a corporation right now. So I, I can imagine that that's kind of scary, but it doesn't, I, I think it's like what we're seeing right now, it's the, it's the beginning of a wave, right? So as people are rethinking their own needs in life, obviously there, it makes sense for us to see a massive amount of resignation. Okay, I resign, I don't wanna do this anymore. Now I'm going to rethink what I actually want out of life. So I can imagine that this would be like two to let's say three five years but obviously all the people cannot fully sustain themselves as sort of like a and create a fully decentralized mm. economic system that nobody will go to work anymore i mean it will die down a little bit it is a hype right now because it's very new and people have been obviously burdened and very stressed and very sort of checked out of society for a very long time so this this sort of got cascaded down to this effect mm. but i think moving forward out of this momentary reaction is we will need to you know rethink how we work and like what kind of incentives we we give people and understand that, as you said, as you talked about the work-life balance, there really mm. is no work-life balance. And to put, like to equate work with balance in an equal amount of importance in life, you know, with like a hyphenated word, work-life balance, yeah. is fundamentally wrong. It's a wrong mental construct because life is balance on its own, right? And work is just a part of life. So there mm. is no work-life balance. It doesn't have like 50-50 importance. There are other things in life. There are relationships, there are hobbies, there are what we want to do, there are traveling, there are family, children. And work is just one of those things, like clusters that, that are a part of life. Work provides the means for us to live the whole life. It's not mm. the end-all and be-all of life to work. That's not. And I think it has been for a very long time because what we've seen in movies and through, um, you know, through marketing and media, it's been sort of sold to us that if you want to be better off in society, you need to obviously consume more and to consume more, you need to work more. And we've been on this rat race for decades and decades and decades. And now we're coming out of it and seeing, wait a minute, um, it's not true. Yeah, exactly. I think, I think it's so important to remember that work is just an aspect of our lives, right? Um, but yeah, I read a really interesting article of yours entitled, What is the Real Value of Diversity in Business? And it was published on the website, Meaning Global. Um, here you discuss that the real value of diversity isn't social representation, but value creation. So what does this really mean for organisations, especially, you know, for maintaining employees and attracting new talent? Sure. Okay. So I can unpack that. Um, so <laughs> the article was an in-depth article 
it's touching, you know, upon the um, the topic of diversity and inclusion at work in organizations from multiple different perspectives. And the um, social representation versus value creation argument, I think, is very important because mm. I feel that uh, ever since we introduced um, DEI, diversity and inclusion, as a separate you know, concept in in business culture and for organizations to to look after and to manage, we've sort of created a whole new problem on its own. <laughs> mm. um, and I feel that it's because we fundamentally misunderstood what diversity in business means and what it's supposed to do. It is actually to create more value because businesses are not governments, you know, businesses are not public officials. Their job isn't to equally represent every single minority you know um, race age group in society proportionally to create an equal and balanced sort of organization so you're not really creating diversity what you are creating is your own organization being more diverse right like more mm. opened more open to collaboration and belonging where people who come from all walks of life can feel feel respected and valued for who they are. So I, I think that we are really with this concept, we are creating more division mm. on top of division, rather than really saying that diversity is just an instrument for us to make everyone feel included and part of the conversation and not be a part of a box to, to populate or to fit in. And we need all this diversity, whether it's, you know, physical diversity or cognitive diversity. Why? Mm -hmm. In order to create more diverse value. So diversity and inclusion really should be just a mechanism or a vehicle, like a strategic vehicle, strategic engine for organizations to create more diverse value as an outcome of what organizations actually produce. So this could be innovation. It could be fundamentally reimagining different parts of the value chain and what we actually create in the world, what kind of impact we want to create because we have all of these diverse people in the organization who see the world in different ways, who experience the world in different ways. That, this like complete diversity of human potential, that is the important part. Right. That is the important part for the diversity um, conversation, not to populate boxes and, mm. and, and say, OK, so we have everything covered and now we are safe in terms of, you know, <laughs> um, politics and um, and basically, you know, risk aversion. Um, so it is I, I feel that the the problem is that we started looking at diversity in business as if it was a social and ideological problem, but it's not. It's actually a cultural and a business problem. Mm. It pertains to how we see the world, which is the cognitive diversity and the and the collective sort of network around own experiences and and different viewpoints and different skill sets and the, the, the you know the human potential that we have. And then how do we then utilize it to create more diverse organization internally that mm. celebrates our humanity and respects our own humanity? And then how do we channel that into creation to, to bring new value into the world? Great. So, you know, in that sense, then, how do you think that these diversity issues are, are impacting the ongoing great resignation 
I wouldn't say it's like a single driver of、mm. the Great Resignation, but I would definitely say it's one of the drivers. Yeah, yeah. Because people don't really feel valued, they don't feel, you know,、mm. represented, but not represented in the terms of again like social representation. Represented in a way that there's no one, there's no business that creates value that fundamentally reflects who I am and what I want out of my life and is aligned with my own values and how I see myself and what I want, right? Out of my life, we see masses of businesses doing exactly the same things, and the only differentiating factor is marketing campaigns and branding. It, it's just we we need to represent this diversity in how we do business, and I I don't feel that you know we do. There is this disconnect between business on one hand and humanity, and and we need to bridge that gap. Follow us on Twitter at HR Review, or join us on LinkedIn and Facebook. Great. Well, you know, in, in light of that, then、um, I'd really love to explore how you know how exactly you think organisations can retain their employees and hire new talent in the future. Because you know, will this reaction and everything we've been speaking about to the Great Resignation require you know almost a transformation and perhaps even you know a redesigning of companies to retain the talent? I I definitely do think it will require transformation.、Mm. I definitely do think it will require redesigning. But then again, it cannot be done in the way that we designed the matrix in the first place, right? From the top-down、mm. perspective, saying this is how organizations work, and you if you don't like it and if you're not aligned with our culture and what we want out of your job description, here's the door. There was no alternative. There was no. You know, let's do it differently, or or try to find consensus. It, it has been very much black and white world up until now, and I think that in order to redesign how we work and and reimagine the future of work, we really need to start collaborating internally. So you like no one knows you, your company better than your own employees.、Mm. So start having these conversations with them. Start. Thinking about work as a two-way stream, not just somebody sitting in a chair looking at a computer doing something and then getting, you know, a salary at the end of the month. It's not, it's not one way. It's a conversation. Everybody's talking about this. Like we need to harness the culture of empathy and listening and understanding. Yeah, that's great. But like, do you actually do it? Do you actually <laughs> sit down with people and listen to what they have to say? Do you take their Tips for improvement. It needs to be cultural. It needs to be a part of a cultural change. And then, you know, if people actually start feeling heard and valued and respected and feel like their voice matters, then you can create a movement internally as a culture. And once you have that, the culture can actually start changing how the business works from the inside. Yeah, exactly. But you know, I do guess that you know, bringing in this new talent, it does open the door, you know, to many problems surrounding the the current skills shortage.、Um, so you know, in, in light of that, how do you think organisations can navigate this new market, especially where you know the power has shifted towards the candidates?、Hmm. So you're you're talking not not just about the transformation of the current culture. You're talking about how do you actually successfully hire and retain new talent. Or how do you、yeah, exactly. know what talent do you? How do you spot what talent do you need?、Um, exactly. Yeah, I, I think you really cannot do that unless you understand what the organization needs right now and where you are in what stage of development or、mm. in, in your own evolution. Because how do you want to successfully hire and retain new talent if you don't know who you need and why you need that person? 
like a diagnostics or understand where you are right now. And then based on that and based on the vision for the future and the future strategy, you then understand, okay, so this is the gap that I need to fill. I need people who think like this, for instance, who are uh, very creative and very imaginative and who can help us drive our new innovation initiative because we really want to deliver this type of products XYZ to this type of audience that mm. was underrepresented. People are an asset to companies. And unless you understand what kind of talent you need, you you really cannot. I mean, of course, like if you're lucky, you can spot them, you can hire them, but you will not be able to retain them because you have nothing to give mm. them in return. Right. They will leave you if they're not satisfied. That, again, is what drives this great resignation. And it's a sign and a signal of um, of a collective dissatisfaction with how work is done and how unsatisfying it is to their lives. Great. Well, I guess, you know, my last question to you then mm-hmm. is focusing on, on the future. So, you know, moving forward, is there anything else specific that you can think of or that you want to recommend organizations do to retain the top talent that we've just been talking about that they, that they really want to keep that they really want to keep so they already mm. have this talent and they want to keep them. exactly yes i would i would say it it comes down to let's say two or three things the people need to feel valued and obviously listened to they need to feel like they have some kind of power or, or agency within um mm. within the organization and actually can directly affect change or change things so i would say be very flexible and transparent and open about giving people sense of agency to actually change change things for the better if that's the reason why you hired them and then i would also say that you know the culture needs to be much more open and it needs to breathe you know if people like this top talent uh get the momentum in the organization there needs to be sort of like a collaborative spirit of, of people uh, you know supporting them and driving initiatives and not feeling stifled by how the organization operates by the organizational matrix and then be more flexible maybe as a third point be more flexible with how they want to work if that is the top talent and you really yeah. want to retain them i think you know we have seen in covid for the last two years that it is possible to work remotely it is possible to work on flexible schedules so let's just people you know, worry about how they want to work. Mm. And I think the only thing you should worry about is the performance and the, the results and the outcomes of the work that they have for your business. Great. Well, well, super interesting. It was great to have you on, Martina. Thank you so much for, for joining me today. Thank you, Amelia. It's been a real pleasure to talk to you. The HR and Review podcast is brought to you by hrreview.co.uk. hrreview.co.uk is a website dedicated to human resources and related professionals. News items are posted daily together with analysis looking in-depth at topical HR issues. You can sign up for our range of specialist newsletters at hrreview.co.uk slash sign up and follow us on Twitter at HR Review or join us on LinkedIn and Facebook. Thank you for listening.